Hey guys, today's Living the Authentic Life podcast is with my baby, Rob Cremosta, my business partner, my partner in everything in life. I feel like Bobby Brady looking for that red light right now going, oh no, I'm on film, I'm on film. Actually, I'm pretty comfortable now because we're talking about what I love and what I believe in. So this is, this is exciting. Yes. So living the authentic life, my favorite quote is by a guy named Howard Thurman. And he said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it because what the world needs is more people who come alive. And you come alive when you talk about watches. I love buying watches. I love buying coins. I love buying cars. But that's had to slow down since we've gotten married and had a baby and a a house and a dog and all that. they're still going up in value and that's Cars? what we're talking about today. Oh my God, it's, I should have bought more. I should have bought more. Had we all known now, what, had we known then, what we know now, whatever the saying is, we'd be gajillionaires. But what I find about watches, they make more sense that they've gone up in value as much or more than cars and other things. You can use a watch every day or not every day and you can put it in a safe deposit box or something simple. You buy 35 cars, you gotta buy a building. You gotta oh. be like Jerry Seinfeld. So yeah, see? and we were lucky to go to Jerry Seinfeld's house for a party one night and yes. got to see his he car had a Porsche, collection. He had a Porsche tractor. I couldn't believe it. It was pretty amazing. So, first watch you ever bought, how old were you? I mean, the first watch I ever bought that was a good watch, I bought a, a Rolex 5512 or 5513 Submariner, uh-huh. no date Submariner, for $450 from a guy named Willie uh-huh. in a little coin shop in Oak Park, Illinois, where my grandpa was a policeman. And I drove the, I took the train, story. I took the train there to buy it uh-huh. and dummy me traded it for a brass bed in an antique shop and then traded it again ah! and again. I, the watch would be worth 12 to 15,000 now, but it was all right. I, I, I made money on the trade and it got me the bug for buying and selling watches. And so many people have said, oh my God, y'all must be making so much money now that watches have gone up, but it's not like we buy it and we just put it all in a safe and we get to watch the value go up. We're buying and selling all the time. And now- If I had the crystal ball, it'd be great. Um, I have a watch here that I bought recently. I bought this watch here. We'll we'll, we'll do pictures of it later, but it's Patek Philippe 5712. I bought this similar watch in November. For eighty-five thousand dollars, I sold mm-hmm. it for ninety-two thousand dollars. Gave a one-year warranty, cleaned it, serviced it, did everything. Mm-hmm. I just bought this one um, last week uh, for one hundred and fifty thousand. Same watch. Wow. And uh, I. But think our I, job is not to buy things and hold them. Our job is to buy and sell. No, I'd like to sell it tomorrow. I think I sold it. I don't know. It's Chinese New Year, and my customer, when I talked to him, he was all having fun. So he'll be in at the end of the week, and I think it's sold. Awesome. And I gave you a Patek Philippe as a wedding gift. And the first thing you said to me when you opened it was? You didn't pay retail, did you? (laughs) And now if you'd have paid retail, you'd be doing great. Exactly. Back then then everything traded at a discount. And thankfully, I bought it from one of our friends in the business. But what's the punchline? I didn't like the watch. I kept it for five years and did not enjoy wearing it. I found the one I really wanted. I bought through a deal. And I said, hey, babe, we've been married long enough. Um, Can I change this out? I found one that I really like and I trade for a thousand dollars difference and I traded the two watches and I ended up with this watch here, which is an so Aquanaut. it's kind of our engagement yeah, it's wedding. Kind of, right. Yeah. It is, but they didn't make this watch when we were married, <laughs> but it's my watch now. People are like, well, why did you, why do you have this watch? I said, well, my wife gave it to me when we got married. They go, oh, wow. You've been married not that long. Your daughter seems a lot older. I go, yes, we're not we're the so Hollywood. We're so Hollywood. 
But that was a really smart move. That watch has um, gone up in value 5X from when we did it. Then again, we should have done that, lived in an apartment, and just bought everything and put it away until this year. But it's okay. It is. Okay, so we're talking Patek Philippe, but Rolex is kind of our bread and butter. And that's what we buy and sell the most of. And it's known for its incredible green box. But when I researched, that was only created in 2005. Right. Before that, they had multiple colors of the boxes. Which is kind of the wallpaper for our back office if people mm -hmm. want to come. Yeah, they had outsides of them that looked like the cover, the um, the surface of the moon. They had them with nautical scenes on them, sailing scenes. Mm -hmm. The women's boxes had this textured, looks like an old lady's, sorry, I shouldn't say that, your grandmother's <laughs> couch or the inside of an old funky car. Mm -hmm. But um, Rolex, as they coin in Texas, some of the, the, the country folk, not me, they call them Texas Timexes because it's by far mm -hmm. the most popular watch in Texas and probably in the United States. Yes, it's known. And I was very blessed. My dad did not believe in shopping for fashionable oh, items. I know, I know your father, don't you worry. You don't. You do know Vito Cangelosi. But I received a Rolex watch as my high school graduation gift, and that was pretty amazing to me, and it was something I loved. But as I grew older, it was a small lady size, and the bigger sizes were becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. So I traded it in for something else, but that's kind of our business model. Trade in, trade up. Mm -hmm. And when the oil market gets good and bad and good and bad, like it has uh -huh. for as long as I've been around, right now Exxon and Chevron both rec recorded record billions and billions of dollars in, in um, profit because the market changed, oil is so high, demand is so high. So those guys now are trading me in their steel submariners, their steel and gold submariners for gold submariners or platinum Daytonas, big, big, big boy watches. And the women also, women are getting bigger diamond rings yes. and Wearing bigger, bigger watches. watches. I'm wearing a man's Daytona. They, I'm borrowing. He made it very clear it was my Valentine's gift to borrow and give back yeah, to sell. Absolutely. But when the market's good, they upgrade. And when the market's bad, watches and good diamonds mm -hmm. and, and nice signed jewelry retain their value. They're, but uh, not they're, every they're nice. Rolex goes up in value. And no. it's not completely equitable. And sometimes even... Are you the expert now? This day, I've, I've listened to actually what you say, not everything, but some things. Okay, good. But sometimes even the stainless was more popular than the gold, but now yellow gold's becoming more popular too. Right. It's also the same way on early Patek Philippe's. Patek Philippe's from the 30s, 40s, 50s, which are uh -huh. super collectible, the majority of the watches they made were in gold or platinum. Uh -huh. So they made only a few stainless steel watches. A gold one would be $500 back then, but a steel one would be 400 So the difference was negligible, mm -hmm. so more people bought the gold. They're like, well, for an extra 100 why don't I get the gold watch? But now those steel watches are so rare that people understand the scarcity of it, and also it's more subtle to wear a steel watch. I mean, I'm wearing a steel Daytona myself than a big yellow gold. It doesn't make as much of a statement. Even everyone, you know, everybody does know what the watch is. And... So what's the scoop from your perspective and people in the watch industry of why you can't walk into Rolex and buy it? They say COVID, but what does that really mean? All right, so the beginning of the problem was COVID. They shut mm -hmm. down their production, mm -hmm. and there was still the same demand, but they weren't producing for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. Then people started going, wait, the governments are giving out $2 trillion here, $3 trillion here, $5 trillion here, 
20 trillion in Europe, they're going, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have inflation and it's going to happen. And people are like, well, what do I want to own that's a portable way to hold money, something I like that's good anywhere. A Rolex Daytona, like this one here. Mm -hmm. Here's another great one from that's the 90s. That's my color, pink. This watch is worth the same money if you're in Wuhan, China, if you're in Brazil, if you're in Germany, if you're anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. a Rolex is, is, is almost the same as $100 bills. And I think it was interesting. I really, we have a very large um, group of friends who are Vietnamese and a lot of clients who are Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really happened to them when they left Vietnam. They literally could only take what they could carry. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of them invested into uh, jewelry, watches, uh, things like that. And it's become it's something that's even part of their culture is I know that I can see someone who's Vietnamese who maybe um, they're not living in the most extravagant house, but they have incredible luxury pieces because it's almost part of their heritage to buy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's other cultures like that too. Russia, they do that. Yes, Russians seem to really care about luxury brands. And we have a, we have someone who's of Russian descent that works with us. Eugene, shout out to him and his family. You yes, know? we asked him to join us today, but he always passes. Yeah, he's he'd rather. He be likes the, to be behind the. He's scenes. the guy behind the guy. Yes, he is. But the um, other reason that Rolexes and all high-end watches has become so popular is now people are like, I really want this watch. You can't get it, Mister Wonderful on Shark Tank. Loves the Paddock Nautilus, and mm -hmm. he started talking about this, and he's a huge watch mm -hmm, collector. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what's great about this watch? It's stainless steel, but you can't get it. Even if you know the guys, you can't get it. So it, it adds a lot of exclusivity, and the secondary market is just incredible. We can choose who we want to sell to. It's come to a point now when we get great watches in. Mm -hmm. Like, um, here's a, another fun one that came in this week. A rose gold 40 millimeter day day. Uh, it used to be you could go to the store and get it. Mm -hmm. Now there's a one year, two year waiting list for it. So we choose who we want to sell them to. Mm -hmm. Our clients that trade them to us may not have liked the watch when they got it. Mm -hmm. It may have been bigger than they wanted. Um, they may have. We also have ladies that or men that were, it was given as a gift and it has bad mojo, so they want to pass it on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But the thing that we love is that also people come back when they're economic. Uh, position changes and they're able to buy back or buy new or buy something different. Mm -hmm. If we see oil in the 85 to $100 mm -hmm. range for another year or two in Houston, this town is just going to be off the charts. Anything we own will be able to be sold. But that doesn't work in the Midwest as well where you know, if you had a trucking company you're having to pay that much money for fuel every day. So when one yes. guy's winning and another guy's not doing as well, that's just the cycle of, I mean I'm not going to get into my, my basic economics 101, but Watches are a consistent way for these people to store wealth, portable wealth, and they're fun to wear. I like to wear a different watch every day. Another thing that we're really known for is our Cartier. Mm -hmm. You and Eugene are two of probably a handful of people in the world that can authenticate them so well. And since COVID hit, we're really struggling with being able to find them other than really buying from the public. There's just not as many pieces changing hands. It's just been harder. Mm -hmm. And Cartier shut down for a while. Cartier yes. shut down this year at Christmas, or Hermes shut down at Christmas because of COVID. And Cartier, back on their Cartier authentication, there's six or seven different signatures yes. and the styles that changed over the years on how they made them. 
and it's not a matter that we're experts, but we don't do consignment, so we're using our own money. If you buy a bracelet mm -hmm. for four thousand, you think you're going to sell for five thousand, and it turns out to be fake, and it has twelve hundred in gold in it, or not even gold, you don't make that mistake too many times, and still stay in business. Okay, so I read, so the red box from Cartier is another iconic thing, since I'm the marketing girl I like to talk about. But um, I think a woman is so excited when she, or a man, both, ex receives oh. a, oh, and of course. The most iconic blue, the Tiffany blue. I remember, was making you watch that. Yeah, we watched the Tiffany <laughs> documentary. Blue the documentary, and it's a special blue, and it's even patented. It is, it's a Pantone. I don't know what a Pantone is. I'm colorblind, so you whatever you want to say. It's a Pantone. I thought we were in a Pantone right now. Yeah, that's true. COVID. Okay, so apparently the Cartier box, I don't know if you know this, appeared in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Do you know who the actress was in that movie? I would guess that was my buddy Marilyn Monroe. And you say your buddy because we have autographs from her. We do. We have an autograph in our house, when, and she's on the hood of her car. And it was actually a letter to a friend, and she was uh -huh. hanging out with her mother and stuff. It's very cool. It was super cool. So um, they, the, um, but one of, and we, I wished I could show a tank watch. We're not able to show that because we just sold one, mm -hmm. <laughs> apparently, this week. But I read that that was designed from the tanks that Louis Cartier saw rolling past his window during World War One, And... Then it went on to even being worn by one of my favorite fashion icons, Jackie O. Mm -hmm. And the watch she had was a little smaller, but really cool. And now they've made the tanks much larger. And didn't it, they re-release that, or was it the Panther? They re-release everything. Cartier yes. is brilliant. What's old is new and what new is old. But they're, it's the same as like the Porsche 911. Uh -huh. The 911's been around since 66 or 65, mm -hmm. and it's essentially the same shape. Mm -hmm. The tank is a similar shape, and they've kept it... Rolex has been making the Submariner since the early 1950s. The basic similar shape with the rotating black bezel. Mm -hmm. If you do something right, stick with it, it's gonna, it's timeless. Okay, but not everything in every category uh, is high on the pre-owned market. So Cartier handbags, they don't hold their value as well as other handbags. Correct, or Bulgari but, handbags, especially. Yeah, but the Love Collection, mm -hmm. The Trinity, I put this Trinity bracelet on today. Um, we're Catholic, so we're Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but Trinity is also all three colors of gold, which they have been doing for a while. Um, Van Cleef and Arpel, the Alhambra, uh -huh. is which very is popular. Which is this, yes. And that's a great iconic style. Mm -hmm. um, Audemars with the Royal Oak. Yes, that's the, if you're gonna buy Audemars, is that the one that's, that's most the, that's, likely? That is, and Patek Philippe with the Nautilus or the Aquanaut collection. Mm -hmm. um, we could get into all the other different brands of it too, mm -hmm. but the top brands in resale right now that you can, most people can see besides the boutique FP Journe or um, Richard Meal, mm -hmm. uh, this is, this is where, this is the meat and potatoes. And what about Bulgari? They were known as for the snake. Yeah, for the Serpenti collection. And that's popular. They re-released it. Mm -hmm. They had that earlier on. And it was a little different, but they made the snake wrap watches in the mm -hmm. 50s. They made necklaces. They made beautiful jewelry way back then. And then they re-released it, modified it a little bit mm -hmm. so that it, it's not exactly the same, just to keep the older stuff iconic and collectible. 
Okay. So speaking of iconic and collectible, let's go to handbags. Okay. Okay. I learned something new about Hermes that I did not know. The Hermes orange box was created because things were rationed, going back to World War II, Nazi occupation of Paris. Things were rationed and hard to find, and certain dyes and other materials were hard to find, and they were imitating pigskin boxes. So paper was available, and so was orange dye, and that's how they came up with it. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? And now it's like this symbolism I used this color in our house. Speaking of Pantones, I copied this color and we have two rooms, our guest room, and then we have um, a ladies dressing room. But I have orange boxes. They've even become decor and these boxes have value. Rolex, Tiffany, all. They all have resale value. All the boxes have resale value. It's crazy. For guys like me, that if I get a pre-owned Rolex in, uh -huh. half the time or two thirds of the time, people don't bring you in the box. Exactly. They might have lost it. They've thrown it away. They've thrown away the links and everything with it. But when you sell a pre-owned one, a lot of people want the presentation box as a gift to give. So a Rolex box can be worth $100 to $300. So speaking of investment, you would recommend when someone buys something new that they save? Even if you buy pre-owned, save all the swag. If you can keep your original receipt, the little hang tags with the serial number, the box, the papers, keep all of it together. It, it only adds to the value. Same with on old collector cars, the guys that have the original window sticker mm -hmm. or the file from every time you did an oil change or all that, it, that you've kept all your documentation, mm -hmm. it adds to the value of the, of the watch, the jewelry, everything you've had. It tells the story, the history. Yes, and it's so fascinating when we have people come in with those original papers and sometimes they're disintegrating and they have it from family are there is there anything that came in that was really like antiques road show oh, like I couldn't believe that it was I mean now it's not quite so mysterious because you can go to the internet and you can figure yeah. out what you have before you go in somewhere I bought a great Rolex Daytona um, from when before we were married it's not common property as always and the guy bought the watch in downtown Chicago uh -huh. at Marshall Fields mm -hmm. for $650. Mm -hmm. And he saved every credit card when he paid an extra $30 or $50. He saved the mm -hmm. credit card receipts when he bought the watch and kept making the payments, making the payments till he finally got the watch. It's so cool. I mean, I have a file on him when it was serviced. He kept, I have a, a file folder on this watch. It's just, it's it's wild. I, I said, I mean, every now and then I'll get one of my, my watch buddies over and we, mm -hmm. we can geek out because... I have that one. I have another great one I bought from a guy who was in the Air Force mm -hmm. who wrote letters to Rolex and laid into him and they gave him a whole new watch after his letters back and forth on a problem they had. And I have all that documentation. I mean, Super it's, cool. It's great. It's great. Okay, so talking bags, the Birkin, which, what's the difference between a Birkin and a Kelly? I would think that a Birkin has two handles and a Kelly has one and a Kelly can be crossbody, whereas a Birkin is always carried by the handles. Exactly, because uh, the Kelly it, comes with a strap. Right. Not always crossbody, but I'm so short, it's crossbody for me. <laughs> right, but they do make that big saddle one. Yes. They don't make a saddle Kelly, though. They make the saddle Birkin, which is a big piece of luggage. It's like, 50, oh. it's like 55 centimeters. Yes, and Katie Holmes had that. So when you Google that bag, I think it's a 50 centimeter Birkin. Mm -hmm. But it does, I don't think it has a strap, but no, that's kind of... So big. the Birkin is... was. Truly, most people 
heard about it from Sex and the City. That's when mm -hmm. it became the most popular. You're like, who's, Jane, who's Jane Birkin anyway? Yeah, exactly. And the crazy thing, I was telling this story this week, is Jane Birkin was actually known for carrying baskets. And I'm a huge Slim Aaron's fan, and we have those books, and I was reading some at the house the other day, and I saw images of her and Gestad in the winter with the snow, and she has one of her baskets she's carrying as a handbag. Not branded, nothing, just a basket she bought in France. When you're hot, you can do what you want. <laughs> I like that. that. That's a Robism. It is. But um, so the Birkin was made in 1984. They say she was on a flight sitting next to the Ms. president yeah, of Hermes. And so the story goes. Yes. And that was apparently in the 80s and he made the bag for her. But the Kelly bag was actually not named the Kelly bag first. Did you know that? It had other names. No, I didn't so know that. So it was called the Bugatti bag first and it was designed for women. And it was the first handbag to utilize a zipper pull. And then in 1935, Hermes' son, Robert Dumas, redesigned it and made it a travel bag. I can't say it because you know my Texas accent. Sac de pêche, au de pêche. It's a fish bag? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was a sharp contrast to dominant purses at the time, which were simple and small and flat and resembled envelopes. But Alfred Hitchcock allowed Edith Head, who was a huge um, fashion wardrobe designer in Hollywood, to buy an Hermes bag, bring it on the set of To Catch a Thief, and Grace Great Kelly movie. Great movie. Great fell movie. in love with it on To Catch a Thief. So I knew Grace Kelly, but I didn't know it was To Catch a Thief, and I didn't know about Marilyn Monroe and Gentlemen Wear Blonde. So see, look, this research is adding value. She fell in love with the Kelly bag, became pregnant, used it to cover her bump, and now it's the Kelly bag. And they say it's the most popular Hermes bag that's sold. And interestingly, the Hermes Kelly and the Birkin are over retail pre-owned. Mm -hmm. But some Kelly bags aren't as expensive as Birkin bags. And some Evelyn's don't maintain their value. So not all Hermes do you buy and get over right, like retail. The, the Bolide bag doesn't have a great uh -huh. resale. Yet it's more practical with the zipper in mm -hmm. its function. It's like a Birkin with a zipper functional bag, but it doesn't have the style, it doesn't have the name. Um, and like this one here, the Gypsier, they call that the crossbody Birkin, but it actually sells for less than retail when it's pre-owned. Mm -hmm. So it, it it doesn't make sense to everybody. There's no blanket saying that all Hermes goes up in value, all Rolex goes up in value, all Audemars, certain styles. Any Daytona you buy brings over retail. Any Royal Oak. Forever. Almost, for well. In the new world we live in, yes. Okay, got it. All right. Two steel and gold ones used to trade at a discount. Uh -huh. They they still traditionally trade for less money than a, a stainless steel one. Mm -hmm. Like this here. This is a this one here. This is a steel and gold. Oh, look at my glasses right there. What am I doing? Um, these retail for almost double. Well, ten thousand more than a um, steel one, but a steel one trades for twice the price. These bring twenty five thousand pre-owned, whereas the new steel ceramic ones bring in the mid 40s to $50,000 um, range and they only retail for thirteen five for a stainless steel watch. They're bringing 3X. Wow. Mm -hmm. Rolex knows this too, so they limit production. And sometimes they say if you buy this tennis bracelet. They're not supposed to do that, but if I owned a store 
and I had watches that were coming in, I would sell my watches to my to, my to your cut. clients. Exactly. Right, not just somebody that came and put their name on a list. It's just smart business. Right. Yeah. Kind of like we're going to sell. If you're buying, if you're a VIP client with us and you buy more things, then. I'll call you first when I get a 5712. Exactly. Okay, so this was an awesome graph that we're going to post on stories. But basically it says the Chanel flat bag was introduced in 1955. Mm -hmm. So they called it the 2.55, so 55. It was $250 in 2021, $8,800. I like that. That's a good ROI. But that's even more than a Rolex or not? 250 to 8,800? All right, in 1955, you could buy a Rolex Submariner for $200. Oh, okay. So and now, now a Rolex Submariner is 10,000 at retail. And this doesn't mean if you have this bag from 1955 that's in poor condition that it would sell for 8,800. No, or and it doesn't this, mean that on a Rolex from that time period either because certain watches wouldn't have a lot of value, but uh -huh. if you'd have kept one of the early Submariners from 1955, that particularly that year, those uh -huh. watches bring five or six hundred thousand. So that's important for people to know that it's not just going, but it's also it's what the money could buy right. at that time relative. But condition, a, a pristine mm -hmm. vintage Rolex Submariner sport watch from that time period, not molested, not dials changed, original hands, not all polished. Sometimes it's even bad to do to um, get the scratches out of the lugs. Right, to polish them. Right, you leave it original. They're only original once. It's like refinishing old furniture. Mm -hmm. Old furniture, once it's refinished, is worth less money than if it's in original state. Got it. And same with the watches. Nine times out of ten, you're better off not to touch them and polish them. You kind of like it when I refinish myself and go to Yalom and Chili, though, right? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Yalom and Chili. <laughs> Great guy. Love him. He's my breakfast buddy. Yeah. Okay. So, Chanel increased their prices three times in 2021. Like, what? How did they get away with it? And they're still, like, sold out. You can't even go to the stores and buy them right now. You have to you have to call to make an appointment to get in. I know. I got an appointment in New York this weekend. I'm so excited. Okay, so they launched. Yes, here we go. Talking about the 1990s. It was a flat bag in the 1990s. was 1150 And today, that would be 2363 in today's dollars. In modern dollar. dollars. Yeah. In, in U.S. So but it kind of gives relativity. Four, four times the price of what they're asking but for. But they now. probably are selling a lot more units now than they did then. You never know. I don't know. I didn't look that up, but that'll be an interesting statistic to find out. Okay, so let's talk about Louis Vuitton. Because I think it's interesting. People sometimes think if they bring in a limited edition Louis Vuitton that it's going to be worth a lot more money. Mm -hmm. But if somebody paid eight grand for a Louis Vuitton limited edition. It's funny it, how that works with Louis Vuitton. The limited edition, it? the bread and butter of their bags, the Neverfulls, the Artsies. Um, the Delightfuls. The On The Go. On The Go. This one, yeah. Those bring yep. close to retail and sometimes over Never retail. Never full, always right. full. Right, over retail. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of the speedy, limited edition $8,000 bags that come into us and I want to give them 10 cents on the dollar because it just won't sell. It's, I know, it's funny. it doesn't market, always make sense. It doesn't, but the market is what the market is. And mm -hmm. if there was more demand for them, people would buy them and pay more money. So like the Damier, which is the squares, mm -hmm. our market sells better with the Azure than it does the, to the Abine, mm -hmm. which is and the brown color. But maybe the, that's versus because the white color. Right, yeah. but maybe that's because we're in Texas and people. Mm -hmm. But the white color gets dirty 
quicker and doesn't hold up as well, whereas the brown one you can wear forever and it doesn't seem to wear. True, but we can hardly even keep the those in stock. And then Dior making a huge splash. Um, you like it just because of the it's your initials. Yes, Christian Dior, Danae Cremosta. And um, I'm wearing a Dior bracelet today. I'm wearing Dior glasses. I'm wearing Dior glasses. I love Dior. It's um, We're going to the Dior exhibit um, in Brooklyn, and I'm super excited because... Um, Wouldn't you say then if you were French, j'adore Dior? I would say that, absolutely. And I do love you too, baby. So the Lady Dior, the famous person that carried that bag was Lady Di Diana. So okay. they call it the Lady Dior. And it comes in a lot of different sizes. You just bought the most incredible the cream little white one um, that's in here. We don't have time to open that. But then we, also the saddlebags have come back a mm -hmm. lot. It looks like a kidney. Yep, and okay. um, those, like the print of the, the D's all over it. Mm -hmm. Monogram is still really big now. That Gucci. Absolutely. The Gucci from the 80s with the with all the print on it I just I thought it would never come back and now those bags that we would laugh at that when people would bring them in five years ago eight years ago especially after the movie now everything is hot with Gucci it's so incredible fun movie too great style I don't think I would wear a, um, a terry cloth suit but I mean, it was very entertaining to see it was and we love Italy and we love Italians and we're hoping to go back this summer Okay, so let's kind of wrap up a summary. If people are making investments. Okay. We're not investment advisors. Buy what you like, buy the best you can afford, keep it in the best condition you can. If you buy the best watches in my history and what I've done, same within rare coins or same with if you, in your properties you buy, if you buy the best you can afford in the best neighborhood or the, the most limited pieces, they seem to always do better than um, buying two or three other pieces that wouldn't be as nice. Mm -hmm. And at least it has a value. Correct. I'd say that story about the my first Hermes scarf. I remember I was going to the rodeo and the most um, luxurious women would have an Hermes scarf to wear with their white shirts and I wanted one so bad and my first time to Paris in 1992 I bought one and I'm still using it and we made it into a pillow mm -hmm. that's at our house and um, how many things that you bought that many years ago still has meaning and value to you. So I am all about like mixing high and low. That's certainly like my skirt today I bought. It um, has the look of being Dior, but it's something I bought from a website and it's a few hundred dollars and I love to shop vintage stores for things. But if you mix it with a great belt or you have a great watch or you add a piece that's, an interesting um, jewelry item with it. Um, it's a great way to take your wardrobe to another level and See, to have things you could pass on. I don't really think about my wardrobe that much or put that much into <laughs> it. Just, I do. Just to get back to my guys out here. Sometimes if I'm with my buddies and I watch things, I'll wear two watches because it's fun, this. But you can wear a Daytona with blue jeans and boots at rodeo. You could wear it to a Mm -hmm. a, a tux event you can wear it with your guys watching football and it's men don't have much choices in jewelry we have our wedding yeah. ring we have this some have earrings that's about as much as you can go the gold chain coming back again but I just love it I think it's great it's a great expression for men and women and women are wearing men's watches now 
So that's made the market for men's watches even better because there's more demand and more demand for the men's watches. Yes. And if you're taking a man's watch and switching it to become, to let your wife wear it, make sure when you take it in someplace they don't keep the links. Yes. No, links for like this um, 5712, this, this, this Nautilus, these links, $300, $400 each and you can't get them. I wish this watch wasn't brand new or sorry, never worn. I would wear it. I love this watch. It's I used so to wear beautiful. one pre-marriage, pre I wore one. Okay, so let's talk about just kind of brief overview to finalize um, gift giving, like um, from any of the brands. We have a young daughter who started pretty early with her luxury things, but like 16-year-old girl, what would you say would be a good thing? What are we doing for girls that are 16 in Houston? I mean, some 16-year-old girls get love bracelets from their parents. I know. And I didn't have my first one until I was with you at 37. No, but some girls get a David Yerman bracelet or on a watch you could start with a Tag Heuer or an Omega. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in giving too much too young because mm -hmm. where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. But it all depends on how you guys are and your, your situation. But the men that get the young, the young men that get a Submariner as their first watch, We've got guys that have been wearing the same watch for 30 years or 40 years. My dad gave this to me when I graduated high school. It's so and meaningful. he still has it. Yeah. It is. It is. And taking okay, care so of it will last forever. 21, a 21-year-old guy, is that what you're thinking? A Rolex watch? Uh, graduating, graduating high school, graduating high college. Graduating college, yeah. Hey, graduating at trade school. We've got clients that are plumbers that make more money than my friends that are attorneys. Brilliant guys. AC guys that it's just, it doesn't, you don't have to just go to college some of our best clients didn't. Self-made guys. It's exactly. Crazy. So let's talk about gifts for women. So diamonds uh, always. Yeah, women always want diamonds. We do. And what are the different ways you could give diamonds? You can do bracelets. You could do a tennis bracelet. You diamond earrings, diamond necklace. Um, we've been making diamond eternity bands lately. Yeah. Beautiful eternity bands mm -hmm. with multiple shapes, with ovals, with emerald cuts, end to end around. Um, it's endless with jewelry. Mm -hmm. Your imagination. You this can was make it. my um, Valentine's your, gift. That's your Valentine's gift. On you got it on Groundhog Day. I did exactly. But um, a lot of us are more concerned about crime, so we're not wearing the big diamonds, and uh, we're wearing more the diamond uh, bands stacked mm -hmm. together because it is all about stacking. What about um, for 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary? What are you seeing for people? I is say that when you do Birkin, or that's when you do Kelly, or? You can do a Birkin or a Kelly at any time, but a big event like that, it's great. Lots of my buddies, if their anniversary is near another holiday, they like to co combine the two. Like I ended up doing with you, your, yes, birthday's, your birthday's a week after Christmas, so you always go, you know, I've got both coming, so we can do that. But um, I think you should, I mean, a Birkin, we've had friends that have gone through divorces, and they kept their Birkins mm -hmm. as all they had because they had no other money. They brought them in, they sold them to us. Mm -hmm. They were able to get through their divorce, pay for everything, and then come back and buy the bags again. So if they you think great, you're getting a divorce, come buy a few come buy, Birkins. Come buy three or four of them. Yeah. And that, no, we're just kidding. Don't do that. Okay, But good. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough right now to sell three or four to everybody coming in. But we keep buying more. We do, we do. So that's interesting, too, is the way people are like, well, why are people getting rid of their stuff? What do you think the story is with most people that sell to us? It's trading up or trading down. Yep. And also some people are moving from a, a big home to a smaller home and mm -hmm. don't need it as much, aren't going out to as many events. And um, I enjoy some of the events that you drag me to. 
Mm -hmm. But some of them I enjoy not going to anymore, too. It's kind of fun. And some ladies are getting older. They don't want to have a bag that's so heavy. Mm -hmm. Some received it as a gift, but sometimes we know when they say it's a gift that maybe it is not real. That's a whole other story. It there. is, mm -hmm. because it's about us interviewing the people that come to sell to us as much. But um, anyway. I want to shout out to our best employee for the week of Christmas, Deborah Duncan. <laughs> she worked for free, painlessly, while I was home with COVID. Herself, my wife, my daughter, and a policeman through a friend of ours at SEAL Security. This is not a paid endorsement, but they all helped us out because I was at home with COVID and the rest of the staff and the, the whole people, they ran the whole thing, and it was fantastic. It was. It was. It was a good time. Well, um, I learned a lot today. Hopefully so you I. think I'm I didn't smart, know too. I didn't know about the orange <laughs> box. It was pretty impressive. All right. Until next time. You got it, guys. Enjoy it. Thanks. Ciao.